Our New Testament scripture comes to us today from the book of Colossians in the third chapter, select verses, starting with verse 1. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which, indeed, you were called into the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this Sunday marks the beginning of a series that, uh, as the staff were doing together, called Scriptures to Live By. And we were given the task to, uh, to speak about a scripture which has been trans, a transformative and, a trans, and transforming scripture for us throughout our spiritual journeys. And this passage in Colossians is one that I've gone back to many times over the course of my life. Being a preacher's kid, I grew up in the church. My dad uh, was a Presbyterian minister in small towns the whole time I was growing up. And I, had, uh, I have an older brother and an older sister. My older brother is three years older than me, and my older sister is four. So yes, not only was I PK, I was the baby. So that's quite a combination. And so my whole life, you know, I was trying to get the attention of my brother and sister. I was trying to do things that, that would have them... Uh, accept me, to have them pay attention to me. You know, there was uh, quite a few years separating us, so I tried very hard growing up to, to get their attention. And quite often, the things that I did, believe it or not, annoyed them. And they would get tired of me. They would get tired of this little brother coming around, wanting to do everything with his older brother and sister. So there was something I heard quite often when I was growing up that my older brother and sister would say to me. They'd look at me and go, Randy, get a life. So at the time, you know, I was like, what? Get a life? I have a life. This is my life. What do you mean, get a life? So, you know, it used to puzzle me sometimes. I mean, what, what do they mean? I guess my life isn't good enough. I guess my life isn't acceptable to the standard that they were wanting me to live up to. You know, I guess, you know, coming home after school and sitting on the couch and eating potato chips and watching Gilligan's Island wasn't a good enough life. Because, you know, I, my brother came in at that point and said, get alive. So I started to wonder at that age, even at that point, what it meant to have a life that was worth living. What it meant to have a meaningful life. And as I grew and got older, I began to, I began to realize it wasn't about me getting a life. It was about me accepting the life that I'd been given. It was about me living into the life that I had been given. And living in such a way that I would bring glory to God. So, you know, once I got over the fact that I didn't have to live up to some standard, 
I just had to live the life that God had given me, things began to get a little, make more sense and to become a little easier. So when you look at this Colossians passage, it does a great job of breaking out into three sections the process of what this could look like for us as followers of Christ. In the first section of Colossians, it talks about, uh, you know, the things that we need to do. We need to seek the things from above. We need to pursue the things of, of Christ. We need to set our mind on the things from above. So as I think about that, you know, so often in my life, I know that the things I'm pursuing are not the things I should be wasting my time and energy pursuing. The things that I'm setting my mind on are not things of the greater significance that God wants me to set my, life on, my mind on. Those aren't the things that God wants me occupying my, my time and my energy and my resources for. And sometimes I have to do a little corrective course in my life and say, okay, you know, I need to refocus. I need to change. I need to move back into those things that are of Christ. I need to look out into the world and see the things where Christ w- would be active, Christ would be involved in the world, and go out and be a part of those things. It's oftentimes when I go on trips with the youth or on mission trips or on uh, choir tours on those experiences, uh, over the course of my life where that, that reality hits me and sinks in and says, you know, you need to refocus. You need to look at those things that are, that are, that are about God's, God's plan, God's desire. You need to let go of those self-interests and you need to move into God's reality. So I, this is a verse that you know, I always go back to. Am I pursuing the things that are of Christ? Am I uh, going about my life in a way that I'm living out the, the, the desires and the actions that God will want me to do? And once I, once I think about that, then I start asking the question, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, the next section of Colossians does a good job of explaining. What we do is we put on Christ. We put on, we put on the qualities and the characteristics that Christ showed us throughout Christ's life. And what are those? Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So, all this image of dressing ourselves in the characteristics of of, uh, Christ reminded me of something when I was in college, uh, me and my brother and a couple of our friends went on spring break. We thought we'd go primitive backpacking in the Ozark Mountains. So we went primitive backpacking on the Buffalo River. And uh, spring break, you know, I'm from Texas. I grew up in the south. I thought, oh, it'll be nice and warm. You know, why should I worry about it? We get into this area. We, we hike in and the whole week it's freezing cold. It is so cold. And I'm ill-prepared. I didn't really pack the way I should. I didn't have the kind of clothes I needed. And on top of that, the only source of water we had was a frigid river, the Buffalo River, that ran along the trail that we were walking. So the only possible way that we were going to get clean was to get in that river to get clean. Well, I thought, okay, fine, I'll do it. I tried one time. One time. That's all it took to know that this wasn't going to happen. So over the course of that week, uh, you know, I wore just about every piece of clothes I had the whole week, and I didn't really have a chance to really clean or take a shower or shave. So at the end of the week, me and my brother and our two friends decided we're going to go get ice cream to celebrate surviving. We're going to go find an ice cream shop. And so we go into the closest little town. We go into this ice cream shop. 
And I'm sure we looked like some of the locals who had just come out of the mountains because we had full you know, beards and we were dirty and filthy. And quite honestly, we smelled. So, you know, and we knew it. And some of the, the, the people there were being very nice and being very polite. And they were just nodding and smiling as they went by. Finally, this lady comes in with her little girl. And the little girl turns to her mom and goes, Ooh, mom, those men stink. <laughs> so, you know, of course, the mom's very embarrassed. and trying to rush the little girl along. And, you know, no, no, don't be rude. Don't be rude. And we're like, no, it's okay. She's right. We do stink. It's okay. You know, and the truth is, sometimes we go through our lives and we put on filthy clothes. We put on things that we shouldn't put on. We carry around stuff we shouldn't carry around. And, you know, and if someone is honest as that child is with us at some point, hopefully they say, you know, you stink. You know, sometimes we all need to hear those words that we stink. We need to do something. We need to change our actions. We need to live differently. We need to take off those filthy clothes and put on the clothes that God intends for us. And, you know, put on the characteristics, put on the life that God intends for us. And then once we have dressed ourselves in Christ, well, what is the result? What does that lead to? And that's where the last part of Colossians uh, gives us a description of what a faith community, a a community based on uh, Christ, looks like. In the last part of Colossians, starting at verse 15, it says, the peace of Christ will have the, you know, it basically says the peace of life will have the, uh, peace of Christ will have the run of your house. Christ's message will dwell in us richly. We will teach each other in wisdom. We will sing praises to God. We will say and do uh, what is the will of God in God's name and to God's glory. And we will give thanks in everything we do. So these are qualities that should be a part of our community if we are putting on Christ. If each one of us individually is putting on Christ each day and going about our lives, when we gather in community, these are characteristics that that the Bible promises, promises us will be a part of what defines who we are. What are the characteristics that others see when they look at us? And this reminds me, uh, a long time ago I heard this, uh, this little story that illustrates kind of this whole concept. And the story goes that there was this monastery in France. And the monastery had been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. But recently the monastery is, was dwindling. They couldn't get any more uh, monks to join their monastery. They couldn't get anyone else interested in this, in this old traditional way of life. No one wanted to be a part of it. Uh, and so each year, year to year, they got smaller and smaller and smaller. And they became concerned. So one of them decided it was time to go and consult a hermit that lived up in the mountains that uh, was uh, known to be very wise, was known to give very wise uh, advice. So they got, one of the monks went to talk to the hermit up there. And the hermit goes, you know, I know, I understand, you know, it's terrible to see that, you know, what is happening and that no one is interested in being a part of this way of life. No one has wanted to be a part of that. And I don't really have an answer for you to that. But I can tell you that one of you in your, in your community is a prophet of God. One of you is specially chosen to be a prophet of God. So, you know, the guy's like, okay, well, what do I do with that? You know, uh, what am I going to do with that? So he goes back to the monastic community, and he shares with them what he was told. And as he starts going about his day-to-day life, he begins to wonder, okay, which one? Which one of us 
You know, uh, you know, it could be Brother Bob over here, but, you know, he's got all these flaws, you know, but still, what if it's him? Or could it be, you know, Brother Timothy over here, you know? Or could it be, and he starts going through the process of thinking uh, the, the good and bad traits. But then he begins to think, okay, what if, what if it's this person? So from that point on, each one of them began to treat each other differently. They began to treat each other as if they were the one that the, the hermit spoke of. They began to treat each other with great reverence, great respect, great love. And they began to live in such a way that their community became defined by that, became defined by love and, and you know, this great reverence for each other. And all of a sudden, as they lived that way, people began to show up and have picnics on their lawns. They became attracted to the monastery. All of a sudden, people started wondering, wow, this is a neat, peaceful place. This is such a wonderful place. You know, something here is, is something important is going on here. I just feel a spirit here. And the more they came, eventually some of them began to get more curious. And they all began to inquire about becoming a part of the order. And before you know it, more and more people began to be, have a desire to be a part of that community. And the community began to grow and flourish again. And that's when they realized the words of the hermit that had the truest, uh, the deepest truth was that as we began to live in such a way, as we began to put on Christ and to treat each other in such a way, our community will begin to, to reflect Christ in all that we do. And people will begin to see Christ in us. And once we begin to show Christ through how we live and how we act, others are going to be naturally attracted to what it is that, that makes this community different, what it is that makes this community love and care and, and to want to, to be there for each other. You know, when you see news stories about people helping people, when they actually have generosity, they do those things, you're drawn to them. You're like, wow, that's amazing. And we've had story after story throughout this flooding and everything where that has happened. And, and, and so that's what we need to keep in mind. As we put on Christ... As we live into this community, God's will will be done. God's desires for what we're to be will be done. You know, it won't be programmatic. It won't be, you know, we, do, we build the right thing or we do the right thing. It will be that we live as Christ intends us to in fellowship and community in the way God wants. And from that point, God's will will be done and we will move forward. So the last thing I want to leave with you is reference back to the first passage we read, the Joshua passage. So it is up to us individually to choose each day whom we will serve. Choose each day if we are going to put on Christ. Choose each day if we're going to live in such a way that what Christ's desire, what God's desire, is ours. And as we choose that, as we go forward for that, God will work in and through us and in and through our community. So I encourage you and I encourage myself to accept that challenge, to accept this day whom we and I shall serve.